Hi, friends. It's Randy and Jess, and we're going to cut the bullshit. And let's get into women's mental health. Welcome to the podcast, Unapologetically All Over the Place with Randy and Jess, where we talk about women's mental health issues and get real and talk about how it's all normal. In this episode, we're going to talk about New Year's resolutions and how your mental health is affected by them. We're going to explore where resolutions come from and why most people are not able to follow through with them. And then stick with us to the end because we're going to give you some simple strategies for setting realistic goals. So have you ever had these thoughts? This next year, I am going to blank A, B, and C. Why do I always fail at my New Year's resolutions? This year, screw it. I'm not going to set any New Year's resolutions. Why is the gym always so packed at the beginning of the year? I am so horrible for not sticking to my New Year's resolutions or my goals. Do you set resolutions, Randy? No. No? No, not really. Like, sometimes I'll set, like, goals or I'll make, like, an intentional, like, word for the year, but I'm not very good at following through with that stuff, so I don't do it because it stresses me out. Okay. Well, then that's that. That is some of the reasons there. Yeah. What exactly. about you? Um, no. The closest I've done was a picture a day for okay. a year, and yeah. I was able to do it. It was really hard, but I did it. I used to do all the weight loss things and stuff when I was younger, but because I battled my weight so long, it was so unhealthy for me to do because, like, I was always just so focused on my weight. That's exactly why it's bad for us. Mm -hmm. So when we're looking up, like, where do these come from? These have been around for over 4,000 years. That's crazy. I thought that was, I was like, no, I thought this was, you know, maybe a hundred. They thought it was a new year. It could become a new tradition to resolve one's past mistakes Mm, um, and to do better in the future. All right. So kind of like the saying, like a clean slate almost, Yes, exactly. But less less than 10%. Of people keep their resolutions and follow through with them. So you're not alone. If you feel like you're failing, you're not. No. Or if you're like, I can't even set it because I won't do it. You're not alone. Yeah. So why is this bad for your mental health? Um, You know, most New Year's resolutions don't come from a place of positive, like a a positive mental place, right? Right. Because like I was saying, I was so focused on my weight and that was really like a negative cycle for me and not very like good about like self-love or like self-care, things like that. Right. Or, oh, I did nothing but eat candies and sweets this last two months. So now I'm going to go super strict and do nothing but eat celery and chicken. Right. So you're focusing on like what you feel is wrong in your life. They're also a setup for failure if they're not healthy. Right. If it's not a realistic goal and it's not achievable. Right. And they're not smart. Or like we were talking about, like it's uh, in a previous episode about smart goals is that it's not clear and concise what your goal is. It's maybe like just like very vague. So how are you going to actually like find resolution for that? Right. I'm going to be a better person this year. What what does that even yeah, mean? Yeah, what does that mean? What does that look like? How do you get to that? Like, what are you going to do? Like, do you have all those steps in place? If not, then it's probably not going to be achieved, right? Exactly. Okay, so if we're going to make healthy <clears throat> resolutions that are good for your mental health and good for just you in general, um, those are going to look like long-term lifestyle changes. I mean, we're talking through the entire year, six months, right, whatever that is. it's going to take work. Exactly. How do we do that? So we need to be reasonable, expect that you can fail at this. And failure is not an end game. No, it's actually a way of learning. Right. That's my biggest thing is that I don't fail like I learn. 
And so looking at it, I think in a healthy way that this is a learning process and it's not going to go right all the time. Mm -hmm. And that maybe give yourself like some realistic expectations like this might be slow moving, but at least I'm moving forward. Understanding that life happens, things can shift. Yep. You know, work can come into play. Family can come into play. Money can come into play. Things might impede like your goal. And so it's like, how will you work around that so that you can achieve this? And like, it's not causing extra, you know, mental strain or physical strain or financial strain on you. Create a a timeline, find Mm -hmm. a realistic timeline that is going to work. I mean, in the previous episodes, we've talked about, you know, you can't lose 100 pounds in a month, right? Right. But what is realistic for you and your lifestyle? Right. And not comparing yourself to someone else's timeline. So like not saying, well, so-and-so lost weight in three months, so I should be able to. You're not built the same. You're not genetically the same. Your life is not exactly the same. They're not a carbon copy of you or vice versa. So you need to be flexible in your thoughts about achieving this goal and what it's really going to look like for you. My husband, we had read that wheat belly a couple of years ago, Mm -hmm. right? And so... So we quit wheat, went yeah. gluten-free, no wheat. He lost 40 pounds, didn't do nothing for me. Oh, yeah. Well, and we found out he was celiac, right? Yeah, and so, so it helped great. him, yeah. but it didn't do nothing for me. Right. So, so that is not a realistic goal for me. Well, and I feel like a lot of times too, when we do those things, we do them with like our partner or whatever. And it's like, they're a totally almost different species, you know, right. and they're built differently and they process food differently and all these things. So it's like, how are you going to go on this journey with somebody? And then you're all the time, like my husband just looks at something and he loses, you know, 20 pounds, but it's like, you know, it's going to take me 20 years to lose the same amount of weight. Well, yeah, you cannot compare the two. The other one is going to be monitoring your progress, Mm -hmm. right? And so how do we do that? Maybe having an accountability partner or like you said, kind of creating like that timeline and then holding yourself to it, like checking in, maybe keeping a journal, like to know like what your progress is or how you're feeling about it, like things like that so that you can monitor kind of like black and white, like is this going forward in the way that I want or how am I feeling with this? Do I want to keep going with it or not? And a lot of people use the scale to monitor their progress. Mm. And that's not necessarily healthy, right? It shouldn't, you know, the dietitian I work with says, the scale should not bring you happiness or sadness. Yeah, you need to become, learn to keep it neutral. And I had to work on that constantly because Mm -hmm. since I've lost 160 pounds, I did not want, I had been a slave to the scale most of my life. And it caused me extreme highs and extreme lows. And I did not want that to affect my mental health, my emotional health, or my weight loss. Because sometimes when you hyper fixate on things, it's just horrible for you. And I had done that for so long. So I, you know, had to be very strict with myself that I would only weigh myself a certain amount of times, you mm-hmm. know, for my own, you know, notes on progress. Other than that, I went off of like how my clothes felt, like how I felt, how my body was moving, you know, how my labs were, like my nutrition and things like that. So that I wasn't like disrupting my goals with being so focused on like a number or a scale and also being realistic that like your body weight fluctuates like a lot like during especially as women during different cycles like during your period when you're ovulating you know different things if you're older and you're going into like menopause like there's just like so many things that affect it and it's like same thing too like you can step on the scale and you'll be like five to ten pounds heavier well it's just because like you're on your period you know or there's water weight 
we can become very obsessed with like numbers down to like a point and that's not the and i heard somebody the other day go oh i gained two pounds this morning and so i just i need to not eat today and i was like but but that's water weight yeah, right. and when and, and how healthy is that? I mean, yeah, go on a walk. Not, and that's very easy and how we, you know, especially as women and men too nowadays can slip into eating disorders like mm-hmm. that because we become so fixated like as a society on like weight and what that means and, you know, beauty and things like that. And so finding ways to be flexible about your goals so they don't send you into like a panic or a cycle or depression or um, what you really need to do to be happy and healthy. Right. And give yourself grace. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're going to make a goal for the beginning of the year and it's going to take a year. You have mm-hmm. a year to work on that goal. Yeah. You know, and so it is, it is doing all of those things, allowing yourself flexibility, finding goals that benefit your mental health, activities and things that make you happy. Right. Yeah. Focusing on your overall well being, the self care, the mental health part, and things like that. And we talk about um, goals and chunking more in um, episode 21 um, about ADHD and task avoidance. So you guys definitely take a listen into that because and we have all the lists too up on our website, Randy and podcast.com. So you guys can get a deeper understanding about what those healthy type of goals look like and how right. you can implement them and using smart goals and chunking them out mm-hmm. is, is how you should set your New Year's resolutions. Yes, right, so that you're doing it in a healthy way and a productive way. When we talk about healthy New Year's resolutions, things that are good for us, good for our mental health, I mean, there are some steps and guidances that we can do because they've also shown that when you, you know, we talk about putting it in black and white, when you write it down, when Mm -hmm. you make a goal that is realistic and achievable, that more than likely you can set forward with it, not just something you decide at midnight and throw it out there. The first one would be focusing on what you can control. What can you control? What is in, you know, I'm going to win the lottery and be a billionaire by next year. Right. That's not controllable. That's chance, right? Right. And luck. So, yeah. So it's like, what can you control in that situation? So what would a um, controllable goal like that look like? Well, okay, my goal is that I am going to cut out dairy for a month. Okay. Maybe. Okay. Like that's something you have a time frame for it. It's something specifically you're going to do. Like, and then what do you need to do to do that? You know, like if you're, if it's something like around your health, you know, or something like that, or like, I want to get into therapy this year. Okay. Well, Mm. I'm going to call a therapist. I'm going to call my insurance. I'm going to make a list of this. Like these are the topics or things that I'm concerned about. So slowly chunking out those goals, you can control that and find steps towards that. One of the things I want to make sure I do is spend one night a week to do family night, play a game or sit down. It doesn't have to be every Friday. It doesn't have to be every Tuesday, but just one night a week to really sit down with the family. And I can't control their schedules. Right. But I can say what night works for us. Right. Or you can control trying to at least implement it. 
Yeah. And being like, okay, this is my goal. I'm trying to implement it. Or like my part is going to be like, I'm going to turn my phone off for those two hours. I'm going to be more present Present. or I'm going to ask my spouse, partner, friend, whoever you're doing that time with something about themselves, maybe, you know, so you're forcing yourself to be a little bit more present. If you know that's something that you can work on and control and focus on and just owning your part too of that puzzle. Because you said like, maybe your goal is something like I'm going to be more social. And so I'm going to see my friends X amount of times or whatever. Well, like Jess was saying, you can't control their schedule. So it's like, maybe you're just putting yourself out there and saying like, hey, you want to grab coffee like once or twice a month and if it's reciprocated okay yes great and if it's not knowing okay I put myself out there that was my piece of the puzzle that I was you know that I could control and I'll do it again next month and see if it it lines up right Um, the other is choosing your environment wisely Mm -hmm. and this goes with choosing people who Choose you. Oh my God, that's my thing. Choose people who choose you. I tell my kid that all the time. Mm -hmm. Don't chase after people who aren't choosing you. Right. And we um, do this a lot. We've either learned it with like absentee, like parents or friends or partners to chase people and chase them and chase them. And you need to fill your cup with people that want to spend time with you, want to pour into you, want the best for you. This goes into, again, um, our episodes on like boundaries and like gaslighting and all these things that come into play where you need to understand what a healthy friendship relationship environment family looks like and how you can work towards that yeah absolutely and then the other would be getting help when you need it Mm -hmm. you know we've talked about um in past episodes about how if you don't have time for laundry see if you can ask somebody to help you right if you need someone to spend time with you while you sit on your couch and fold laundry great right you know putting yourself out there. It's very hard. It's very vulnerable. Even just sometimes calling your insurance and saying, I need a therapist or I need a doctor for this. Mm -hmm. Trying to put yourself in touch with the resources you need, whether that's asking a friend, you know, to sit down for coffee to hear you asking a spouse like just does like to brain dump, you know, on them, or data dump with them with them. I'm doing it with them, not on them with them. Just reaching out when you know you're kind of drifting so that you can like get ahead of the things that might cause you to kind of like cycle. Yeah. And most people do not ask for help. No, it's very hard to do. It is. It's hard. I'm not a, I'm not great at offering other people help and being there for them. I'm not great at allowing people to be there for me. And um, we've talked about this before too, is that that can harm friendships mm-hmm. and relationships too. If you don't allow people to also be there for you and be a part of your life. And I realized that I had a friend say like, this isn't fair. You're not allowing me to be there for you. And it was like a slap in the face, like kind of like a wake up call, like, oh, like I'm like the best, best, best friend to her, but I wasn't allowing her to be the best, best friend to me. And that was hurting her feelings, you know, but I thought I was being a burden, but you're not, you know, people are not a burden. People, people that want to be there, like you said, choosing your environment wisely, choosing the people around you wisely. People that want to be there for you want to be there. Mm -hmm. It's not a burden for them to be there. So it's okay to ask for help. It's okay to ask for them to be there for you. As Randy's been saying is that if you're having a hard time with depression or anxiety or whatever, 
get treatment, Mm -hmm. right? Reach out and find a therapist. Uh, Find someone to talk to to help you set these goals or to help hear through some of these goals or struggles you're having. Yeah, find a doctor, find a friend, find anybody that these are all steps into kind of fighting those things and getting mental health help that you need that you shouldn't be ashamed of and you shouldn't be afraid of. And this all comes into play when working on those goals. They're all steps Mm -hmm. that you need to take. And if you don't want a New Year's resolution to drag you down, definitely look into these different types of goals, communications, patterns, and things you need in your toolbox to become um, a better version of yourself, which is what we all want to be working towards, you know, in the new year and but not letting it be a burden. That might look like joining a hiking group. Mm -hmm. Maybe you don't want to talk to anybody. You want to be able to get out and you don't want to go by yourself. Join a hiking group. Find a group of moms or a group, a neighborhood group of people who are similar to you Mm -hmm. and who are looking out there. I'm always amazed at how many people are looking for friends. Right. Especially as adults. I mean, like, once it's we... hard it's like dating oh it's yeah. so weird well dating. i think because like we tend to think friendships need to be like this lifelong thing and the reality is that most friendships only last maybe like five to seven years like mm-hmm. on a cycle friends are for a season so we constantly need to be finding new friendships that because we're always evolving and changing we're not the same person we were yesterday as we were today Mm -mm. so it doesn't make sense to always keep like the same friends you know like our kids grow like our spouses change things like that our hobbies change our work schedules changes and that's fine you need to learn to be okay with that and then finding people that like fit with you where you're at Mm -hmm. and that's okay but like also it is very vulnerable to put yourself out there Uh, we've been very hurt by friendships in the past and stuff but but it's like we are social creatures and we do need support systems. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, Randy, I asked you in the beginning. I'm going to ask you at the end. Are you going to set a New Year's resolution this year? No. <laughs> <laughs> and that is okay if you don't set a New Year's resolution. Yeah. It's just not my thing. So, it's like, you know, it's like one more thing for me to keep track of. And that's okay. But if you like to be held accountable with that and it's something that has previously caused you stress, but it's like you still do it because it's like your thing, well, here you go. Here's some helpful tips to like not stress out about it. Exactly. All right. Well, have a wonderful New Year's, start of our New Year's. Yes, and we're excited to continue this new year and adventures with you guys. And be sure to check us out on randyandjesspodcast.com. All right, see you later. Thanks for listening and normalizing mental health with us. Don't forget to check out our free resources and favorites on our website, unapologeticallyrandyandjess.com. Like and share this episode and tune in next week.